Good morning and happy Tuesday, folks. <laughs> Tor and I actually have a kind of a crazy day today. This morning, we're flying out to North Carolina for a quick job. We booked a little modeling job together because of all the COVID stuff. These companies are wanting to choose couples that have been quarantined together to work together. So it's a way for them to be able to get marketing done, but also stay safe. So we're excited for that. And we're also flying back into Miami later on tonight. So it's going to be kind of a crazy day, but we're excited for today's devotional. I think Tori's got one that would make us desperate for Christ. <laughs> Definitely is going to hit a little hard today. So get ready. I feel like anytime we read out of Romans, it's a a good little gut punch. Yeah, I'm going to buckle up. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're in Romans 7, 18 today, and the devotional is titled, In Desperate Need of a Savior. And it says, And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. The love letter from God says, Beloved child, I will give you strength. When you are desperate for me, it doesn't mean you're weak. It means you know where to go to find your strength. If you could live this life by yourself, I wouldn't have needed to sacrifice my one and only son. But I knew what you needed before you did. And I'm here to give you the power to overcome every weakness. But you must learn to not depend on your own strength. I want you to know the victory of overcoming so your life will be a reflection of my power. My relationship with you can go so much farther and do so much more if you will fully surrender your life to me. Love your heavenly father. The reflection says, we can hide behind our good deeds and accomplishments for a while, but eventually we will have to see ourselves for who we really are. Sinners who are desperately in need of a savior. Eventually our sinful nature takes over and we act like someone we don't want to be or do something we didn't want to do. No matter how much we want to do what is right all the time, it is impossible apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. The treasure of truth says, Our actions and attitudes prove over and over again how desperately we need a Savior. I love that. Whenever I was in seminary, I was learning about someone named St. Augustine, St. Augustine of Hippo, which I, I think was like a, a northern kind of country in Africa, I believe. And basically, he, I think, was this, like, family lawyer, hotshot guy who wasn't a Christian or anything. This is, like, by the way, y'all, this is, like, you know, maybe a thousand plus something years ago, right? It could be, like, 1,700 years ago for all I know. I'm not sure. But basically, this guy was walking down the street, and a terrible storm came. And he was basically just like, he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to die. This is, this is, this is crazy dangerous. And he cried out. He's like, God, if you're real, if you save me from this, I will devote my whole life to you. And he was spared from the storm. He survived. And then he became a monk. He didn't become just any monk. He became the monk. He was like the, the monk of all monks. How many times can I say monk in, in five sentences? Anyways. And so he got to this point where he was living so rightly with God. He was one of the most, I guess you would imagine, holy people that had ever walked the earth. And he did not have assurance of his salvation. And this is something that really made him confused. He said, how can I be doing everything right, but still not be sure that I'm saved and I'm written in the Lamb's book of life? And so that's when he started transcribing Romans. That was that was him. This is the original oh, wow. guy. This is like the founding the founding father of that type of stuff. And mm -hmm. so well he basically found out that it can't be in him alone. He said it had to be through Christ. 
And I just, I just can't help but think that how often I try to substitute my good works to be in God's good graces, but there's nothing that can change the way God loves me. I can't make him love me more and I can't make him love me less because it's all God. It's in his character. It's his will that loves me. It's his character that loves me. And I just love that there's that freedom to know that in moments of sin, I can look up and say, Lord, I apologize. And I know that you have never loved me more than this moment. So good. I really encourage you to read through all of chapter eight in Romans, but this verse specifically always sticks out to me. It's verse 38 and 39. It says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And I know sometimes it can feel like things are separating us from God. I know that there's a lot of pain and suffering we can experience this side of heaven that can make us feel like God isn't there for us. He isn't hearing us. He doesn't care about us. And that's not the truth. Because if we look at uh, the life of some of the people that were closest to God, I guess you could say, you know, 11 of the 12 disciples in the Bible were murdered. Yeah. And, and, and to say that God didn't love them would just be, it would be brutal to say that because God walked with them. He walked right next to them and he was killed alongside of them. Yeah. And so I would just encourage you to have faith in a bigger plan and what God is doing in your life if you are experiencing harder circumstances right now and to continue to seek his face. I mean, because we see it all over the Bible where how many years did Abraham wait for God to to respond to his prayer? What about Moses and David and all these people that waited years and years and years for stuff to be answered? And and it is a testament to God's grace that we do become long-suffering. Yeah, it says uh, earlier in chapter eight as well in verse 17, it says, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory, but... If we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Amen. I feel like you're coming up with great scripture after everything I'm saying. It's like like ties in perfectly. (laughs) That's just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's so many people that are, you know, I'm a Christian. Where's my crown of gems and my crown of gold? Jesus wore a crown of thorns. Yeah. You know, and that's our inheritance. And that's who we're following is a suffering God, a sacrificial God, a loving God. And Mm -hmm. so what makes us think that our future is going to be any different than that? Yeah, it's it's definitely a hard pill to swallow. But the cool thing about God is we know the end of the story. We know that there's heaven to look forward to. So even if we don't experience the promises God has for us on this side of heaven, We have heaven to look forward to. And you can read just like Chad was talking about these stories of these fathers of faith and the promises that God made to them. And they died in faith. They died still believing, even though they didn't see the promises come to pass on earth. They died believing that God is who he says he is and his promises would come to pass. And they went to heaven and obviously, you know, depend, uh, what is it? Is it Abraham that he promised he would have descendants as far as um, I think the stars, the in, the stars sky. in the sky? Yeah. Well, if you just go you read Hebrews yeah. 11, you yeah. get all the examples that Tori was just mentioning. Hebrews 11 is a great place to start for that. Yeah. 
You want to pray, baby? So yeah, guys, for further um, study in this, definitely check out Hebrews 11. It, it explains a lot of that, but we're going to go ahead and pray out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that even in our suffering, you are good, that you have an ultimate plan that is for your glory, and it is an honor to be a part, Lord, that we share in your glory and your suffering, and that is an honor and a joy, Lord. So I pray that anyone who's listening who is in suffering, Lord, that they would count it all joy, God. If it's for your glory, it is joy, Lord. I I just pray over um, sickness. I pray over depression. I pray over loneliness and sadness, God, that you would just come into um, these circumstances and show yourself, Lord. I just pray that we would um, be so desperate for you that you would show up in a way that is so tangible uh, that we can't even question or doubt if it's you or not because you just make yourself known. So Lord, I pray um, for your peace that surpasses all earthly understanding, Lord, to just guard our hearts and guard our minds as we walk through our day today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, God. Amen, God. We love you all. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And uh, don't forget, if you're ever interested, you can give us a rating on iTunes or I don't know how it works on Spotify. Or you can go follow us on the Messy Masterpiece podcast where we're posting like little fun quotes and you can share it and kind of help our podcast grow. So thanks for investing into us the same way we try to invest into you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll be talking to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>